All right, I think we should start for real now, right? Let's do it. Let's, uh, <clears throat> let's do it. Welcome to the, am I right in saying the 17th episode of the Fun and Interactive Podcast? Y- yes, you are correct. Very which nice. Is, which is a good, good episode, because 17 is a prime number, and I have an unusual, weird fondness for prime numbers. Well, as I understand it, only a prime can reunite the AllSpark and save the Transformers or blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, there, there is that. Um, I, I kind of like that prime numbers in my, in my mind are strong numbers because they're only divisible by one in themselves, you know? So uh-huh. it's like, you know, <laughs> you can't break them apart, man. Good you times. Can't, you can't Yoko Ono a prime number. You know, the more I learn about what John Lennon was actually like in person, the more, like, disappointed I am. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all kind of hilarious for different reasons, but... It'd be like discovering that, like, uh... Well, Martin Luther King's actually a bad example. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what I'm saying, though, right? Like, Like, discovering discovering Malcolm X... Oh, wait, um... Right? Or or that Luke Skywalker... Oh, shit. Um... Gandhi? Be like discovering Gandhi ran Fight Club? Yeah, I think he's alright. I think he's in the clear. <laughs> Mother <laughs> Teresa? Has it been enough time before we found out about her? Actually, I think that there is some shit about her. I think she was a racist. Well. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty pregnant pause there, my friend. <laughs> well, you know. I mean, is, is it... Is, is anybody not a racist anymore? I mean, let's be honest. I'm gonna go ahead and say that I'm not. <laughs> I mean, you can say it, but like deep down, here's 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 my thought on that, though, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tw- Twenty years after you're dead, when you get a bunch of people interpreting whatever you read or wrote, or uh-huh. you know what I mean, when somebody's looking at your browser history, and, oh god, and they're <laughs> and they're trying to interpret who you are, uh. Like things can go awry, you know. I always, I always think about like archaeologists and historians, and they're like, these people lived a certain way, and I'm like, eh, this is the equivalent of looking at somebody's browser history a thousand years from now, you know. I'm trying probably, to figure out how to, how to we know, like somebody, somebody was like, uh, you know, doing those pottery paintings as a gag gift, and here we are treating them like accurate depictions of Pompeii. That's a good point. I, w- I am curious, like, what parts of our civilization will survive long enough for future civilizations with no context to unearth and think weird things about us? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, imagine the alien ship floating by, right? And all yeah. the all the television that we, like, pumped out into the airwaves. And they, they happen right. to float by at just the right time so that they yeah. intercept, like, Jersey Shore. And, like, that's their first imp- impression of yeah. us, you know? That that's probably why we've not been visited by aliens. Uh, I mean, we have. They just they're they're just totally you know. They're like, ah, eh, we're not gonna let them know about it. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I get the distinct impression that aliens do exist and have never been here. See, I think that they have been here. I just think that it was probably so long ago that there's no recorded history of it, or it's not in the context that we think. Yeah. You know, it could be, like, bacterial. You yeah. know. Intelligent life um, could also be microscopic. Like, we could be visited by, like, ant-sized aliens and we would never know, right? I think, That's true. I think that Hollywood and, you know, science fiction and everything else has us thinking that, like, they're going to be humanoid and kind of look like us. And for all we know, they're 
Right. Like <laughs> bees. <laughs> I read something that like bees are uh, disappearing, right? And that's a yeah. bad thing. But like, what if they're not disappearing? What if they're just going back to their home planet? <clears throat> this no, is what happens when you haven't slept all weekend from a sick kid. <laughs> Damn, dude. I mean, that's what ET wanted, right? Was just to go home. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. What's up, Toverish? Kazoo Croc, Immortal King, nineteen eighty-two. Good to see you all. Uh, and Bethesda. I, I say that because I just got a message from Bethesda, so clearly they're watching, right? This is where I get my weekly Twitch drop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get on on Mondays too, I guess, when I stream. Oh yeah, you do that now. I do. Are you partnered yet? <laughs> no, I meet all the requirements for partner actually, except for I don't stream enough. <laughs> you know, you would be a partner if you would just podcast. I have like 500 followers or something like that. I've streamed four or five times. <laughs> I think that you should legitimately just podcast like six days a week because I want to see what the community would do in a reaction to that. You know what I mean? So, like, Is there a way that I can just run my YouTube videos all day? Yes. No, like you. All right. Explain that. Explain that to me off the air. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you think? Uh, well, I won't use names. But what do you think the farms are doing? Dude, I have no idea. I don't. They're watch literally live. just playing videos of them playing. I don't like... watch live Twitch, so I don't know anything about podcast Twitch. <laughs> oh, speaking of partners, Jeffro, who is one of my my favorite followers slash subs, he's been around for forever. Uh, I mean, he just resubbed. I don't have the notifications on for the podcast, but he just resubbed for the fourth month and says that they should take my partnership away. Uh, and that's what I love about Jeffro, because every time I start to think, you know, hey, maybe I'm a halfway decent human being, he's there to remind me that I'm not. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's important to get checked like that. Yeah. Jeffro's the perfect other, at that. The other day, I was kicking ass in the office. Like, uh, I just received word that a client I've been working with for a long time had started his own business. Things were going great. I was feeling real awesome about myself, and I was really animated as I explained this to my uh, deputy director, and I knocked my coffee right all over my work laptop. <laughs> Yeah. And it was a nice reminder that, like, no matter what I do, I'm still an idiot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it's one of those, like, hey, you know, maybe maybe people actually do like my content. And then, like, the blonde-haired, you know, curly, Afro-California virgin kid is like, hey, you suck, by the way. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, if he's making fun of me, clearly. Yeah. Are you one of the top three players of the game? Yes, I am. It's good to hear. I'm glad to know that. <laughs> should I kneel? <laughs> you, yes. You should. You should take a knee, like I do at, at every national anthem for legends. <laughs> oh um, yeah, no, no, totally. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a top three player, and here's my argument for why. Um, yeah. Because anybody else's argument is as good as mine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Here's how you know I'm not a top three player, like for real though. It's because yeah. I don't tell everybody at every point that I am, you know? Like, I haven't reminded people that I have finished number one five times. Like, yeah. I haven't reminded everybody that I am the immortal Iron Fist. Yeah. That It's interesting you chose the worst of the Marvel shows. <laughs> I'm Jessica Jones, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, you totally are. <laughs> oh man well you got a new sub that's cool yeah no we're off to a good start this is a good start i think you're due for another one in about three weeks right uh yeah about i that. mean 
That's when my free prime sub comes up again, so you'll get that one at least. <laughs> oh, I have I have uh, another one. My coworker, uh, I've I've known him for like a decade, and about like once every two months, like I don't even remind myself enough. To, this is how sad it is, but like once every two months, I'll go over and be like, "Hey, you yeah. uh, use your Twitch Prime sub on me?" Like he doesn't even use Twitch. And he's like, "No, <laughs> I'll do it." Yeah, Th that reminds me actually that I need to go to my Twitch channel and host you. <laughs> We need to set up auto hosting for you. I thought I did, to be honest with you, but hey, the Justin Larson is now hosting me. That's pretty sweet. Oh, I was—I'm auto hosting two guys, you and Kingly Arthur, and it looks like I was auto hosting him at the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The way the auto host works is like you've usually got like a list, and it'll do it in order. But yeah. once a host is like commissioned, if yeah. you will. Um, it stays on that one till that person stops. Like that's why Lady Devon's on mine often, just because she starts early in the day, and then all uh -huh. the other people that um, I would have like priority over her. So like the, yeah. the championship series and Bethesda and Direwolf Digital and blah blah blah. Um, yeah. They aren't on during that time, so it falls to right. her, and then she streams like I don't know eight hours or something. So yeah, you know, um, I want to say about like Legends content out there. Like personally, I've just come off. I mean, I'm still experiencing my best four-week period ever on YouTube. Like, demand is up. That's good. Well, it's because yeah. everyone was excited to play that new gauntlet that we have this week. So they had to figure out, <laughs> yeah. figure out the tech. <laughs> you had some choice words for the gauntlet on Twitter today. Dude, I know. I was so pissed. I, I built an anti-aggro mono-purple deck full of guards, drain, prophecies... <laughs> <laughs> and I proceeded to play nothing but mono red. It was awful. I did not have a good time. But, I lost a lot. But now let me play devil's advocate because we yeah. all need we all need that check, right? Absolutely. If you built a deck that was supposed to be anti-aggro and all you found yeah. was aggro, yeah. you still well, weren't winning. <laughs> no, look, it's a, it's a testimony to my poor decision-making skills and the fact that like I was so concerned about like not losing that I didn't find a way to win and plus I think to be fair like the aggro package that that deck is running is stronger than the anti-aggro package you can run in that color so yeah no I, I would 100% believe that um I have only played four games so far because I've been swamped the last two days but yeah I'm currently three and one with mono agility control um yeah Two days ago, I had kind of previewed the list I was planning on running on stream, and it's going exactly like I thought it would. Um, yeah. If you can play lots of level 3 Drain Vitalities, you win. And if you cannot, uh, you're going to have a bad time. The rest of the package there is not very good. So... That makes sense. But yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, you know, Word Wall. And it's just the Shout package with Dragon Aspect and Drain Vitality, and then... Like yeah. Leaf Lurkers, Cliff Racers, Eclipse Baroness, Murkwater Witches, Murkwater Shaman, Cheer Point. You know what I mean? Like it's Absolutely. Think, think like Curse Package plus Shout Package plus Baroness, Tazcat, and Parthernax. And that's in, like the entirety of my deck. That makes sense. I, I was a little like uh, personally, like uh, I, I felt dumb, I guess I should say, because I, uh, I had taken like a worse, I mean... I, th I would argue a worse version, less tuned to the meta version of this deck, the mono purple deck, into a regular gauntlet a couple months back and gotten eight wins. So I was, uh, I was just shocked, I guess. 
And the fact that there was no variation in my matchups was kind of kind of heartbreaking. I know that people aren't all playing mono red, but that was my experience, and it was just not fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh-oh, I got an echo for a brief moment there. Um, yeah, I mean, it sucks when, when you play against the same thing over and over again, especially if you're not doing well against it. You know, yeah, I mean, I went I went three and three, but like it was still just not fun. Even the wins weren't fun. Right? Yeah, like when you scrape by. I I liken <clears> it to, um, you know, queuing up with support mage before the nerfs or whatever, and then running into ramp scout like six times. And even yeah. if you like split that three and three, like that yeah. feels miserable when you're playing support mage. That's a really good example because like I have a positive win rate against pre pre uh, nerfs. I had a positive win rate against scout with uh with support mage but like it was just such a grind and like every little decision you made was so impactful that like i just really did not enjoy those games i just wanted to queue into prophecy battle mage with that deck <laughs> right no that's totally what you want to crush <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know where i'm at because i haven't had a chance to sign in today but i made a pretty incredible climb the other night uh still playing primarily mid-range decks uh um, yeah where, you, yeah. where were you when you got off? Uh, I went from like a thousand eighty something to two fifty six. Nice. In like about four and a half, five hours ish. Nice. Playing just mid range. I was playing assassin. I was playing orcs. I was playing you know yeah. worm king, sorcerer. Cool. I'm uh I'm rank three. <laughs> I think yeah. I spent an hour and a half climbing this season, both times on stream. You you have two ranks to go to get three copies of the amazing new monthly card. I actually think it is pretty exciting. I think this card is uh, is pretty cool. I like when they support archetypes that could use a, a nudge, and I like cards that encourage people to play different things, and I think this card does both. Yeah, I'm excited, and I'm kind of dying to play Assassin Control. Yeah. Um, Assassin Control is a deck that I've had fun with off and on for a long time now. Um, I think this will just be another cool tool for it. It was the first deck that I homebrewed my way to Legend. So the very okay. first month of open beta, I just played Spellsword Tokens because everybody did when you were on a budget that first yeah, month. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, um, so I did that the first month, and then I was like, all right, I've done that, so I'm like, now I want to build something just for me. Uh, and I, it was Assassin Control, and I took that to Legend. Um, it was also the first deck I built post uh, Skyrim, actually. No. I played yeah. Assassin Dragon Control. So I was running... Uh, mm -hmm. the, the lookouts to gain health and cheer yep. points and ice storms and yeah there was a time when that was a strong deck i think it's still pretty i think it's still playable I, but uh I, I played some of that too i think that with even uh the clockwork city cards now that against tokens or aggro decks that go wide i think that assassin control might actually be the best control deck against that archetype in the game like even more so than mage because yeah. you have access to both Drain Vitality and Ice Storm, and if yep. you want to include it, Reverberating Strike. Um, yeah. E even a couple of Firestorms I always found pretty useful in Assassin decks. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to try the new card out, both in Assassin Control and uh, items. Because I, I, I think it can really shine in items. I agree. I, th I mean, like, it's, you know, it's a card that requires you to think a little bit more than Firebolt. But it does so much more, I think is the best way to put it. 
<clears throat> yeah, I, I keep laughing at all of the every time I read the words it's just a three cost firebolt, I yeah. I immediately like mentally judge that person as unimaginative. Yeah. <laughs> like and I know that sounds super harsh, but like that's that's the truth, because if it was just a three cost firebolt, then why does it have all these other like you know, words on the card? Right. No, I like the card, I'm excited to play it, and uh it'll be the first it'll be going to the first deck I play come the new season. What do you think you're going to play? Items or control? Just out of curiosity. Oh, man. I'm going full Rothgar, dude. Like, I'm putting in uh, <laughs> Necron Masterminds and, like, going going more on with it. No, to be honest with you, I'm going to play control, but I'm going to play control, but I'm going to run um, Speaker Terranus because that's that's my dream in life is to trigger that guy. All right. Fair. Yeah, I, I'm probably going to stick it in control first. I think that items is going to end up being the best archetype that uses the card. But sure, because yeah. of that, I think that's why I want to start with control. Because I think that items is just the safer bet for the card. It's one of those things where, like, for two months in a row now, like the reaction to the monthly reward card has just been, like, so ridiculous, frankly. Like... I, I've been super disappointed by people's knee-jerk reactions to things. I, I mean, people are coming around on Worm King's Agent. The latest argument I've seen is that it's a reactive card, and that makes it worse than Bone Colossus. And, like, it, it, I, 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 I don't even know what to say. Like, if that's the mindset that you're going into building all decks with, like... <laughs> so, so does that mean we shouldn't run Leaf Lurker because it's reactive? Right, right, right. right. Or, or Sheer Point Dragon because it's reactive? Right. You know, like that, like that kind of kills me inside too, right? Like, yeah. The 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 reverse is also true though. Um, I had somebody in my chat uh, give a new nickname to Bone Daddy that I absolutely loved because it was incredibly relevant actually. Um, yeah. And that was Hand Daddy. They said hand more often Daddy. than not, what happens is Bone Colossus gets stuck in your hand because you're not in a good spot to play it. Like That's in true. theory, it's great. You know, you get to flood a lane and get all this pressure, but like at what point? Right. Well, at what point are you going to do that and bail yourself out of something? You're not. So then you either have right. to be ahead, and then, but you have to be ahead and have space for the Bone Daddy to be a relevant play. Yeah. Or... I don't know if I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, Bone Colossus's art got a small change in the last patch. He now has a small sign on his shirt that says, <laughs> uh, "Dear Unstoppable Rage Player, please kill me when you when I am summoned." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to. I don't think that the card is bad by any means. I still run it in my tempo scout, right? So I've been playing mid-range scout a bit, which has actually been pretty successful as well. Sure. Um, and I run it as part of the top end there, um, but that's because I think that's a deck that benefits more from from it than, say, sorcerer does. Um, sorcerer, yeah. sorcerer is all about like snowballing your board position naturally anyway, and the scout deck does but not on the same level or like you don't have big beefy creatures and you don't have the ward creatures early to like ensure you're going to be staying on the board so yeah it's it's been useful there also turns out in scout uh i threw in one wild beast caller and mm -hmm. the very first time i played it i high rolled into that five seven mammoth that if you have two endurance oh, cards really? you draw a card yeah yeah so there's nothing like paying six for like an eight eleven in stats and draw a card Nice, I like that. Yeah, that, Wild Beast Scholar is a funny card. Um, what I, one of the funniest things anybody ever said about me was uh, 
in the, as far as this game goes, was uh, one time I got a message from a guy who said, "Hey, on um, on stream the other day, CVH said Justin talks a lot of shit for a guy who puts Wild Beast Caller in his decks." And I was like, "Thank you." <laughs> yeah, you, you know who else used to put Wild Beast Caller in his decks? Who's that? Turquoise Link. No, it's a. I mean, like it's because it's a good card. Right, like it, the value is real. Like even Mud Crab isn't awful. Well, I I mean that's a mud crab though. You can't just go to the best of the best. Um, That's no, true. I mean I I think that Wild Beast Color has its place in certain decks. Like it's certainly great in an Ultra yeah. Assassin deck because what you care about there is bodies as you're turning through and summon effects, right? So like it makes right. sense there. Um, well, that's a, actually that th this was in response to me playing Alter Monk a lot at the time and to kind of prove a point after he said that I took Alter Monk to like rank four legend. <laughs> yeah. So, Ultra Decks, it totally makes sense, but if I remember, I think Link was either playing it in his Control Monk uh, after Fall of the Dark Brotherhood, or it was a, like a more mid-rangey version, but there was a time when he was running Wild Beast Caller, and like, he completely justified it, so... Yeah, well, Wild Beast Caller's got a place. <clears throat> and that's what I like. I like cards that uh, fit certain ideas, certain deck ideas, certain archetypes, but aren't auto-includes. You know what I mean? Like those are my. That's where I want to be. Is saying um, this is my goal. This is how I want to win. This is how I want to play. So I'm gonna take a look at this card, which isn't a card that you fit in every archetype, but could really shine in this one. I think those are the, the most exciting cards in the game. Yeah, I. I mean, I'm a big fan of any card that like makes me think about how I would utilize something in a deck or potentially spawns like new decks. And I don't think that say this new monthly card necessarily spawns new decks, but it certainly got me thinking about decks I hadn't considered in a long time because they didn't have the tools to do it. And so like it was providing those tools. And I know that everybody wants the next Sower of Revenge, right? But like, let's right. be honest, like, not every monthly card can do that. Um, and let's also be honest, Sower of Revenge only gets away with being Sower of Revenge because it's in colors that were kind of suboptimal beforehand anyway, right? Like, right. you could never print Sower right. of Revenge in Assassin or, right. you know, something silly like that. It's like Battle Mage's Onslaught. <laughs> I feel like that card can only exist in Battle Mage because it would be overpowered in any other color of control deck. I think you could print it in, like, Monk, but it just wouldn't feel right in Monk, right? Like, I like that Battle Mage's Onslaught also kind of keeps um, keeps itself in that very, you know, intelligence-oriented roots, if you will. I hate that intelligence is the random attribute, but it is what it is. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, like, you could look at Sower and you could say, like, hey, you know, uh, it has Last Gasp. It has guard. Those are things that have existed on assassin cards. Why isn't this an assassin card? It's, it would go great in Last Gasp Assassin. And then you're like, oh yeah, because Sower of Revenge with Necrom Mastermind would be a nightmare. Right. Absolutely. Or Dark Rebirth. <laughs> yeah. That'd be exciting. Even, uh... Man, can you imagine pulling a 7-drop out of there with, uh... Desperate Conjuring? Conjuring? Yeah. Believe that'd me. Be, that'd be sexy. I was just thinking about Rebirth because it's like you could swing for five and then right. Dark Rebirth it and then like, you know what I mean? Like there's so much burst potential there. It's funny actually, I got a Sword of Revenge in one of those four videos I released uh, for the last, uh, for the day, uh, 
the Christmas videos I made where I was dressed up as Santa <laughs> playing the Last Gasp Assassin deck. I got a Sora of Revenge off of one of my Valmore Spymasters, and I was like, that's right. Actually, that's the game I beat Aini in. <laughs> Yeah, love cat. I tried. I've tried Battle Mage Onslaught in a lot of decks, and uh, all I end up doing is uh, having ten cards in my hand when I die. Yeah, I was just gonna say, love cat. <laughs> love cat brings up, I think, the the biggest problem with Battle Mage's Onslaught is that there are plenty of times when, as a control deck, um, yeah. you it just gives you too much. Like I almost feel like Battle Mage's Onslaught is meant to be an aggro card because <clears throat> you want an empty hand when you do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's been the biggest problem I've ever had with the card. I mean, like, I guess it shines in some kind of theoretical mirror match where your opponent is also playing Battle Mage but doesn't have Battle Mage's Onslaught. But, uh, I don't know. Other than the Creatureless Challenge, it's never really done much for me. Yeah. What kind of gauntlets do you want to see in the future, man? That's a good question. Um, you know, CVH on Twitter had said something about that he thinks that the right direction is breaking the like inherent rules in terms of like construction or whatever. And I know what he's getting at because if you've ever played some of the Hearthstone brawls, they do something similar. Yeah. Um, so anything where it's like, you know, pick three cards or pick five cards or whatever, and then your deck only consists of those, I think would be interesting. I think it would be kind of funny if we had a, hear me out. I know how kind of chaos this sounds, but a, uh, every card in your deck has prophecy. You know, just like some of the uh, some of the story yeah. mode things. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I kind of want to see what that standoff would look like. Who wants to I, break the rune first? Day one, it, like the uh, your deck is all one card. Day one meta lightning bolt. Day two meta ransack. Right. Uh, actually, I was gonna say we did. Um, there was some theory crafting where if it was all one card, people were talking on Reddit a while ago, and it turned out Lightning Bolt like wasn't the right answer because you couldn't race fast enough. Oh, yeah. If I remember it, I think Relentless Raiders beat it every time or something like that. That's exciting. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I wouldn't suggest like one card. I, I mean, it would have to be something like minimum of three, probably closer to like five to work in a game like Legends. But I do like the idea of a, you know, you build a constructed deck, but every card in your, in your deck has Prophecy yeah kind of go um i wouldn't mind because people always talk about it right like do one where you can do three attributes sure. um do one where you can do i'd like to see one where it's like you can do uh two attributes but you can't use class cards of your own attribute instead you use class cards from a different class so oh, like you play cool. you play assassin but you only get warrior class cards or you play mage but you only get you know uh, monk class cards or whatever, right? Like, I think that would be an interesting, like, bend, bend of the rules. Support mage with scouts report, thorn hissed mage, red brahmin. <laughs> right, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I yeah. think that could be an interesting one because that one's not, like, you know, like, the pool of class cards is small enough that you're not making it so complex that you might scare some people away, you know? I think that might be just enough of a that thing. makes sense um or like uh i don't know man creatureless challenge obviously i think would be fun but i think you have to delete flesh sculpture <laughs> ray ray barker asked me about creatureless challenge and i explained that the only banned card is flesh sculpture <laughs> yeah it was so bad 
It was pretty funny. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I think that there's still plenty of ways you could bend deck building rules to make something uh, interesting. You could you could have like a uh, a poke fun at Hearthstone one where you're like, okay, it's uh, you you get a thirty card deck. Yeah. Yep. I'd, I'd like to see, uh, you know, there, in Chaos Arena, <clears throat> there's already the lane that summons a creature when you cast a spell. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I mean, they could easily do ones where they were, like, telling you lanes ahead of time or stuff where you start with a support in play. Mm -hmm. um, or give a... Here, here's another one. Give us a hero power. Oh, that'd be funny. You know? Like, I would like to see one where you've got a support that's like a desperate conjuring style support okay right but make it yeah. like it make it be one instead of two or whatever just because you don't want it to get two bananas too fast but we could like, start with an start with an altar of despair and play maybe yeah start with altar that could be fun as well yeah anything to just kind of like break your rules a little bit i think would be a good way to take it yeah i agree that's nice I really wish I had, uh, I really wish I had played your green control list. That sounds like a lot more fun than the experience I had. And it sounds different enough that I would have not hated myself. Well, uh, you still have two runs, right? I mean, you could do something for fun. I do. I do. Yeah. I, I, I might've spoken a little too quickly when I, well, I mean, you're in the heat of the moment, man. I'm not going to hold it against you. Yeah. I was pretty upset. I was definitely pretty upset. I just I get my hopes up for some of these events, these uh, gauntlets, and uh, forget that like uh, we're not all playing the game so that we can do goofball shit. Some of us really are concerned about winning. <laughs> <laughs> you do have to set that expectation sometimes, Justin. It's really easy for me to forget that. I I try to ride like a fine line, you know? Like, I'm playing a yeah. deck that clearly can win, but I also, you know, just by my deck choice, right. very clearly am going with uh, uh, a non-traditional deck. Um, I think I said it on Twitter, but I'll say it here. I, I truly think that willpower is the best of the bunch just because mm -hmm. of the tools available. Like if I was, if I was sitting down and somebody said like, all right, build the best thing for this that you could, um, yeah. like mono, mono willpower tokens that also takes advantage of like Dawnstar healer. Um, yeah. because it, let's be honest, like cloud resolution is the best privacy card in the game. Dawnstar healer helps you stabilize Imprisoned yes. still good. Pit Lion's great. You get all the token stuff. Yes. Um, I agree. Yeah. I, I, was... I expect I expected to see willpower and strength and uh, only ended up seeing strength, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think strength is good, too. I just think that because of, because of the quality of prophecies and uh, then cards like Dawnstar Healer and Phalanx Exemplar, that's the other big one. Um, yeah, I think that definitely. heavily favors willpower. But... I agree. I agree. It's good times. You know, I was thinking today about the future of Legends, and I'm like, we have to be like, maybe I'm being naive here, but I feel like I feel like we're maybe a, couple, a few months away from new cards. I really believe it. And and I think so because like you look at like you know th their announced plans were you know four 
four months maybe between um, between card sets, uh, card editions, and um, you know some internal stuff delayed Clockwork City for whatever reason for an extra couple months. Clockwork City's been out for a month now. As of today, I think it's been out for exactly a month. And, uh, you know, we could have a little springtime surprise. Yeah. I mean, if you're following last year's, like, pacing, you know, we got the Madhouse collection was in December, but we were also still technically in beta at that time. Um, but then we got Follow the Dark Brotherhood in March. So I think that, you know, with us getting, you know, end of November, early December, we got Clockwork City expecting another one about three or four months out. So, you know, February, right. maybe beginning of March is yeah, not out of the question, I don't think. I agree. And I'm looking forward to opening up packs of cards. <laughs> it's been too long. I didn't realize how much I missed that. There's a new Eternal expansion out. And uh, I'm, at this point, free to play in Eternal. But I, uh, I have I, I play so much Eternal that I have all this crafting material saved up, and I've been enjoying the expansion quite a bit. And I realized how much I just kind of like opening packs of cards. Yeah. Well, um, did you see the news about uh, Artifact? How they're going to have like some, which I thought was interesting, like some. "Quote unquote, like esports and pro players preview the game ahead of time." I did see that, and I was pretty excited about the idea of a new card game out there. Um, you know, I've talked a little bit about Artifact. I don't know anything about the company that makes it, but um, I, I'm going to give it a shot. You know, like I make content exclusively for Legends, but like I, I play a lot of Eternal. I try. I was in the Gwent closed beta. I know you were as well. Um, we both tried uh, Hand of the Gods and both thought it sucked. <laughs> I was I was in a uh, I was in a stream earlier. Um, yeah. And yeah. I was talking with uh, Link and uh, Brad. Bradford Lee was hanging out and uh, some others, and we were talking about Hand of the Gods. And Brad was saying how much he liked Hand of the Gods, and I said um, that I you know I'm not a fan. You know I gave it a solid go, and I actually really wanted to like it, but it's just not a good game. Yeah. Um, but they kept using, you know, the acronym, right? And it's usually like H-O-T-G, right? Like capital yeah. H-O and then capital T, capital G. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I said something to the effect of, uh, I think that acronym stands for hot garbage. And, <laughs> and Brad yes. was just like, damn, Charmer. Absolutely. Damn. But it, you know, it is pretty bad. I'm not a fan of that. I, I hope Artifact is good, though. Yeah. I, I got to give the hot garbage team like marketing team credit <laughs> they hyped that game up to a point where like i i spent money on those things so that i could get in start playing and then like did not enjoy the experience whatsoever <laughs> yeah that, that was pretty much me um but i i will also give artifact a, a go um you know i i already love mobas uh, I know that you have some affection as well. For those of you who don't know, Justin actually really enjoys Heroes of the Storm. Yeah, I, uh, I do. I which, do. I'm not. I'm not terrible. Which, which is, you know, not on the same level as uh, Dota, which is what Artifact is based off of by any means. If, if, right. If you were a diehard Dota fan, they they would probably say that Heroes of the Storm is like writing in crayon. Right. Um, right. But just the sheer fact that. 
you know, it, it's a Valve game, right? And it's going to be a card game, and it'll be new. I'm, I'll give it a try. I play everything off stream anyway, so yeah. Um, but I, I, what I thought was interesting about the article was that they made it and like seem like they weren't going to have card game players t try it. Now maybe, maybe mm. they are because they, they do kind of leave it open to interpretation. But it, they almost made it sound like they were going to have a bunch of Dota pros play it first, hmm. as opposed to like Hearthstone pros or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess like, here's my thought on that. I don't care who tests the game because, like, I, I mean, like, people who, who now really appreciate Legends, like, we all came from different places, right? Like, right. most of us played some Hearthstone, but, uh, you know, some of us played Magic, like, I know CVH came from some Japanese game that I don't understand. You know, like, I, I think that appealing to a wide audience is way more important than, uh, you know, than just appealing to card-playing players. Yeah, so what I've heard, um, again, it's all speculative and it's been like tiny leaks, but what I've heard is that the it's going to be a card game, but it's still mm -hmm. supposed to like mimic the MOBA experience, if you will. Mm -hmm. So cool. there's going to be like heroes and lanes, right, with like creep minions and stuff. Yeah. And so it would make sense to me that they would have like the Dota guys come in because if you're really trying to have a card game that also still captures the essence of Dota, like who knows the essence of Dota better than those guys. Right. So that's true for me. I I'm excited because if that is the case and if that's the reason they're doing it, then that tells me that they are putting an emphasis on the flavor of the game and how it right. plays out. And uh, as my amateur design nerd self um, that makes me really excited because that's the exact opposite of what Hot Garbage did. So that's true. Now let me ask you this: like I I'm a guy who uh, who enjoys games that I can pick up and figure out pretty easily. Is Dota a super complicated game? Like, would I get lost? Yes and no. Here's the thing about Dota: it's not necessarily complicated to like pick up, right? Like, if you watched a couple of esports broadcasts or whatever, I think that you'd get the hang of it. It's okay. just, um, it's very mechanically, like, taxing. Like, a good mm -hmm. Dota player is just one of those, it's basically like those, you know, StarCraft players, right? Like, they okay. they have such good, like, quality decision-making and mechanical skill. And so, um, I think that's kind of what separates it. And that, to me, that, that kind of... Is the other reason why I'm partially excited for a game like Artifact because I, I love MOBAs, but you know I'm an old man now and my reflexes right. aren't what they used to be. So if I can right. combine my love of card games with the play style of the MOBAs that I enjoyed, like that's right up my alley. So, okay. But yeah, I mean Dota is, um, I mean it's also like you've played uh, Heroes of the Storm, so I assume that you're yes. also like familiar with League of Legends. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's another one that I know about, but I've never played. Yeah, so, like, I would say that League of Legends is more mechanically taxing than Heroes of the Storm, and then I would say that Dota's probably more mechanically taxing than League. Um, okay. I, yeah, I mean, there's, there's like, a diehard rivalry there. There's a lot of League players that'll say that League is a superior game, a lot of Dota players that'll say Dota's superior. I'm not going to pick a side there, but I will say that just the, like, mechanics of Dota... Um, as somebody who has tried both, I, w I was a better league player than I was a better, than I was a Dota player. And I okay. think it was because of mechanics. So, 
Okay. But I think you could watch it. Like, if you've never seen... I'll tell you what, Justin. If you've never watched, like, The International... Um, yeah. It's like a big tournament that they do, right? Okay. Um, you can find them on YouTube or wherever. I would just say go watch it just for, like, broadcast quality. Um, yeah. Pay attention. Because you and I have both talked about, like, you know, money draws in the competitive scene, right? Pay right. attention to the payouts that Dota has because they're okay. asinine. Are they really? They Yes, they are. You know, but the cool thing about their payouts is they're all, like, funded. So what they do for the International is they'll release things like game skins, like, for, mm-hmm. that you can have in-game. And then money from that goes towards the prize pool. So, like, okay. as they like they incentivize it by giving you cool, like, alternate art stuff. And then it also incentivizes the tournament okay. scene. So, like, Legends could, in theory, mm-hmm. kind of learn from that, right? If they wanted to do something... Um, Let's just do- see uh, if they have the old prize pool up. Uh, yeah, we- so, the, so so the 2017 prize pool was yeah. $24,787,916. <laughs> $24 million? Yeah, yeah, I'll put the link in chat, Justin. So this, is, so this is why when you hear people say, like, hey, Artifact has their interest, and you're hearing people like, uh, you know, Link or some of the other competitive guys... This yeah. is partially why, because wow. Valve Valve doesn't mess around with their competitive scene. Wow, that's fucking bonkers, dude. I don't even know what else to say. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah, and if well. you if you scroll through, you can see the prize pool distribution. Um, now, again, like I'm not gonna say Artifact is gonna like step in and have those, but. I mean, yeah. you, could, you could say the artifact could have like one one hundredth of that, and it's still going to draw in a crowd. Yeah. Because one one hundredth of that, you're still talking, you know, two hundred and forty thousand dollars. Wow, man, that is a lot of money. Yeah, but it's, again, like I said, the cool thing is, is the majority of that is like community funded, if you will. Like they create right. things that. Uh, uh, you know, they offer in-game cosmetics, whatever, and then yeah. they, you, people buy it and they take a percentage of it. I think it's like half or might even be more. I'd have to go look it up. But, like, they take a percentage of it and go towards uh, the pool. So, Wow. Um, huh. But, yeah, like, Valve Valve doesn't mess around with their... Right. Their stuff. Well, the, the more you know, huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm frankly just blown away. Yeah, I, I figured you would be. <laughs> like, that's crazy. That's like professional sports level or like cocaine kingpin level amounts of funding. <laughs> well, and that's why I say if you've never seen it, I, I encourage you to like watch the broadcast because it's not yeah. even it's not even just like the money involved, but it's ju- it's it's just like you say, it's like watching a sporting event. Like the arena is full. Like there's wow. a large cheering crowd. Uh, uh, I mean, it's the same thing if you watch like the League of Legends stuff. Like if you watch like the League of Legends Pro Series. Like, yeah. they fill arenas. You'll have fans wearing, like, you know, gear from their favorite team in the crowd, just like you would for, you know, like an NFL game or something. Um, really? Yeah. The, for the people who say, like, esports is, you know, uh, people, like, playing in basements, that's only, like, half the truth. Like, they actually are selling out arenas now, and it's a pretty big deal. Well, I, I mean, that's really neat. What do you think about, uh, I mean, is it naive or insane to think that, uh, well, I mean, I guess let me put it like this. 
where does uh, how does Hearthstone's professional scene compare to Dota's? <laughs> um, so the biggest problem with Hearthstone's competitive scene, right? Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, they've got they've got some money behind it. Obviously, not twenty four million. Uh, they have a good production value for their big events, which helps. Uh-huh. Um, they have a lot of like inroads to play it, but uh, the biggest knock against the competitive scene for Hearthstone is that their game doesn't have a level of consistency where you can feel like the best player consistently won. Yeah, right. That's because, true. Because of the mechanics just innate in Hearthstone, right. Um, it's not like so like on the League of Legends side, right? Not, not I don't know uh, Dota's as much as the League of Legends, just because I was following League like the last two years or whatever. But like League of Legends side, um, like there are a couple of teams like SKT, for example, when they had Faker, uh, were just like dominating competitive scene. Like uh-huh. every time. They were, you know, people were putting them up, they were knocking them down, they were blowing them away. And it's just because that game is, it's like a skill-based game and you can exert your skill. And then, right. not to say that there's not skill in Hearthstone, because, you know, there's decision-making or whatever, but just, like, the mechanics and the nature of it being a right. good game to begin with, um, you just don't have that same, I don't know, that's that same level of, like, confidence of saying, like, you know, hey, this is a competitive scene, but I I know for a fact like the best you know player one or the best team one. Right. Um, hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Well, I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to try it when it comes out. But you know what? M- my home is Legends. Like the community around Legends is great. I, I really enjoy the game. So. Yeah. I'm sticking around. I just I want to try something new, uh, like I do with everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I I play just about everything that comes out. So like, I don't even try to hide it. I, you know, I'm I, I think that it's really silly when uh, content creators, streamers, or whatever like catch flack for trying new games because you know yeah. the same people are that are like, oh oh my gosh, like CVH is playing Gwent tonight and not Legends. Um, right or probably like they've played like seven different games that week you know like that's a good point it's uh it's one of those you know i i play shooters i play rpgs i play uh you know card games and i certainly try a bunch of them um right did you ever play uh clank uh, i have not yet played clank it's really expensive in my area and i was gonna pick okay. it up on amazon when they had the sale um yeah. but then i missed the window so now i'm just waiting for a sale again okay okay it's definitely a good time makes me wish i had more friends yeah <laughs> more more local friends right speaking but, of which uh what's that convention that, that we've been talking about QuakeCon? is that the one i don't know the one that Pete said that he'd try to get us to? <laughs> oh, yeah. QuakeCon is the one I think he said. All right. We need to remember that so we can make sure that we, uh, you know, yeah. keep bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> right? But you know what? Like, that's – it's it's honestly, it's little things like that that make me, like, sort of – I just, like, bored with the, uh, the, uh, the, the doomsayers for this game, right? Like – like, they, they have plans for this game going out, you know, like, I think when he said that, like, the next QuakeCon was, like, 10 months away, you know what I mean? 
Like, the game's not going anywhere, right? Yeah. I, I look at Elder, Elder Scrolls Online, right? A game that I still enjoy playing every now and then. Uh, that's a game that's been around for five or six years that uh, has only, like, continued to grow, like, in spite of... Uh, despite, like, the trend of most games to decrease in population and popularity as time goes on. You know, I mean, even Skyrim is probably in the hands of more people today than it was a year ago, just because it's been re-released for, like, the ninth time. <laughs> oh. There is a plan, right? Like, I yeah. don't, have you seen the new Battlestar Galactica? Uh, I have not. What the fuck? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I'm a Cylon. I don't watch TV. <laughs> Fair enough. Never mind. I was going to make a joke, but apparently you're not cool. <laughs> Listen, Justin, all right? I'm not caught up in popular culture because I did time in prison. I wasn't watching TV <laughs> or, or movies, so I don't get your references. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm being mocked and I, I, I'm uh, Yeah. Yeah. No, it was... Uh, I watched the whole thing when I got out. Um, it was really good, man. I recommend it. Malibu Barbus writes, look at Gwent. Yeah, I know. That name is fucking sweet. They prioritized the competitive scene, and now it seems like it's hemorrhaging players. I think the same thing's happening to Hot Garbage. Yeah. I I mean, listen, I think competitive scene is important, um, but I... You know, I, I get accused of being a Bethesda fanboy sometimes, or whatever, um, and I assure you it's yeah. not the case. I'm a very mercenary individual with no loyalties. Okay, I don't know but, about that. I don't know about that, but... <laughs> But, like, I will say, I, you know, it's hard to argue against what they said. When they made their announcement, um, and just with, like, some conversations I've had, it's very clear to me that, you know, when they do decide to do something competitive, like, they want to do it correct. And I yeah. think about, um, like, little things. I think people don't realize, like, the hoops that the Championship Series folks have to jump through just to show both players' hands, right? Like... I think as a viewer, it's easy to take that for granted. Those people worked their ass off just to get something as simple as showing both players' hands during a tournament, you know? And yeah. so when Bethesda says, like, they want to have things in place so that, uh, you know, you can facilitate matchmaking better um, yeah. for tournaments, and you want to have spectating that shows both players' hands, and, like, listen, when I was on the Bethesda stream, um, both yeah. times now with Pete, I've had a scenario come up where... Either he played like Moment of Clarity or uh, he played like Assemble or whatever the case was. Um, but as a spectator, I couldn't see the decisions he was making. Now, like I could on the stream, but I was right. also spectating his game live and I couldn't like see what his choices were for Moment of Clarity. Um, right. Again, like it's little things, but like if you're trying to do a high quality broadcast and you really want to take like the whole esports thing and competitive scene like seriously like i can understand why they would want to have that stuff worked out so yeah um, it's not like the fun answer you know it's not what everybody wants to hear they want to hear like hey it's here and it's coming tomorrow but i at least understand their position yeah absolutely uh i mean like there is a plan that's it that's that's <laughs> i'm yeah. not worried i'm not worried i'm not worried at all and, and the bottom line, too, for me is that, like, my enjoyment of the game is not contingent upon a competitive scene, so. Well, I'm convinced you don't enjoy the game at all anymore. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, I have this, this, uh, this working fan fiction in my brain 
yeah. that you enjoy the people more than the game, and so you stick around because you love us. Because because you play like one run of Gauntlet, and then you're like, I hate this, and I want to quit. And then I'll be like, Hey, how you doing this week, or how you doing this month? And you're like, I don't know. I played like five games. I'm like rank nine still, trolling new kids. And I'm just like, Oh, well, for somebody who loves to play the game. All right, let me clarify my position on this thing. I'm a really busy dude, and I do like the community a lot, and that's why I keep doing it. But if I didn't enjoy playing the game to the extent that I do play it, which is, you know, I, I sink a ton of hours into making content and stuff, uh, I would quit. Yeah. Listen. And in fact, like, when I was really busy, like, I mean, I'm in break right now from school, but, like, so I'm just working a full-time job. Like, when I was in school, like, I was still finding time to re release some videos every once in a while, so. Hey, I just want to tell you how good it feels to be on the other side, right? <laughs> Of 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 uh, being the person who's doing the complaining of your uh, commitment or your skill level because of how busy you are, it feels good to to do it to somebody else. Absolutely, because I yeah. feel like I'm always the one who's like, you know, like yeah, guys, like I don't finish top ten legend every season because I play like 150 games total. You yeah. know, like what was it yeah. the other night when I started my stream and like, I think somebody was making a joke or whatever. Cause I was like, uh, over a thousand on my legend rank. And I'm like, yeah, but I've played 86 games this season. Right. Like, right, right, right. You right. know, I hit legend at like around 70 something, which is pretty good. So, I mean, to be clear, like when I take a good deck and I get onto the ladder, like I win at a really high rate, you know, I just don't do that very often. I'd rather win one in five games with some jank meme shit and then upload that video than, you know. Like, last Monday I streamed, you know, for like an hour and a half, and I went like 12 and 2 because I was playing a good deck, and I got bored, and so I had to play something worse for a while. <laughs> that's just that's just who I am as far as a game player goes. It used to be, when I first started playing, that like, because I was in the closed beta and like I had a huge collection of cards because like I soul trapped the right stuff and i knew what was going on like that i could play just about anything and i could win with it and i had a great time doing that and as the uh as players started to uh net deck other people besides me uh the competition got a lot tougher <laughs> and uh i wasn't able to win with the jankiest shit anymore and i also just realized that like i was going to burn out in this game entirely if i played it to the point where i was playing it which is where i when i was ending you know the season at top 10 legends and stuff so i you know i needed to dial it back i needed to reprioritize how i approached the game and that was by playing stuff that i thought was interesting instead of stuff that i thought was good necessarily and that's why i'm still making content this much later and i'm only occasionally bitching because, I mean, I'm pretty positive most of the time. Today's an exception with the fucking gauntlet. Oh, oh my god, man. You want to talk about... I don't even think I have the clip anymore because I think it expired or whatever. But I was going through my end, end of the year stuff on Twitch where they like show you clips and whatever. And I yeah. saw everybody showing theirs like because Twitch auto-curated like, some of your most viewed clips, right? And they're like, hey, here's this cool page you can share with everybody. Actually, I wonder if it's up. Hold on. And, uh, I didn't share mine because there was one that was, there was one that was just, like, pretty bad. I'm excited about this. Hold on, it's not that one. Is it, is it worse than me saying, dressed as a robot, Stendar don't give a shit? <laughs> it was, if, uh, you guys are not, well, I don't think, I don't think it's there anymore, hold on. 
Ozymandias. Uh, look, I I ended up playing against six strength at mono red decks in a row in the gauntlet, and, and then went on a. I mean, like I posted like two tweets about how it was fucking boring. That's what happened today. Um, no, I think it's gone. So basically, it was like me, like legitimately, I say the words like, you know, like I'm a pretty positive person, but yeah. right now I'm so tired of playing against the exact same fucking decks over and over again. Like, yeah. my God, and all the all the community does is fucking complain, and I'm just, I'm tired of it. Like, every time I go to Reddit, I, you know, instead of being excited or refreshed, I'm like immediately clicking over to home depot and checking the rope prices because i want to hang myself like literally like that was the clip and i was just like oh man i can't i can't share this so this yeah. this is a wash like it was so bad like it was just me it was probably <laughs> probably on like my salty butthole night that everyone in my chat likes to make fun of me for too because absolutely I, I have one guy on reddit tell me that every time he comes to my chat i'm a salty butthole but i've heard you use that that phrase before it's a good one and and that's the difference between like the YouTube content and the, the you know streaming. Like I think in a lot of ways streaming is a lot harder. Um, and you know like I'll be honest with you, like I don't really understand why content creators are so drawn to streaming uh, when YouTube is easier, you have more control over the product, and um, much more profitable. <laughs> well, uh, it's because of the interaction. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest, like, as cool as all of those things are that you just listed for YouTube, yeah. the experience when I create content for that is, like, I record for a couple of hours, I edit for a bit, I, I upload stuff, I write some descriptions, and then I set them to, like, auto-post, and then, yeah. like, a couple of times a week I'll go through and read through the comments, and then, like, yeah. that that's my experience. But, like, when you're live, you get, you know, that general you know you get the fun and, yeah. and the interaction yeah you get that like general just enjoyment of like a conversation like hanging out with your buddies and that's that's true that is true you know you get that like that on the spot laughter and and uh yeah jokes and i don't know like it's it's just it reminds me of playing like magic at my kitchen table you know with with sure, the, uh, yeah. friends and whatever and i think that's that fair. i just I'm I'm much more drawn to that than I am the other stuff. I mean, I, I still like the other stuff, but yeah, yeah. I do enjoy streaming. Don't get me wrong. Like I I like doing it on Monday nights. I have fun talking to everybody, and I have fun playing some some cool stuff. Uh, but I mean, like from an economic standpoint, like the better time investment seems to be YouTube. I mean, I would believe that. Oh, something popped up on your face, Justin. Right that on is my your, right on your face. That is my face, bro. What happened? Oh, your your face is my soundboard. Oh, I just saw that. Okay, I'm I'm watching the stream like with a 10 second delay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, because uh, Aviva in chat just said I was so happy when Justin started to stream or Charmer hits the time to fight button. So like I had to. Uh, time to fight. Yeah. Like I had to cue it up. Um, yeah, time to fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's your favorite. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I do, uh, I will say, like, now that I've been streaming for a little while, like, I recognize some names, and I'm, I'm having a good time with that. And, like, it is a different 
like community experience than the one I've had for the last year with Reddit and with YouTube, and I've had a good time doing it. So it's not it's not about pleasure. Like it is fun. Yeah, I think I think that it's more work, but it's more rewarding. But it's just not financially rewarding. Like that's the yeah. way that I would describe it. It's definitely yeah. more work, but I do it, think that it's just yeah. I mean, if I had, I think like uh, how many more. I think my my view, I would need about ten times more views than I get right now on YouTube to make more money than I make at my job. <laughs> I don't even but that's, I don't even know how many views like I would need. Oh my god, man! Yeah, like for those of you who don't know, Justin and I were having a conversation uh, yeah. a, a while ago about just like Twitch income. So not even counting YouTube, right? Just like Twitch income. And right. I was kind of, you know, he had some questions about how it worked and I was explaining to him that like, yeah. one, I don't push my Twitch income because I, I recognize this as a hobby for me. Um, but also just like, I don't push my Twitch income because, you know, I'm married with a wife and kids and a mortgage and there's a minimum amount that I would need to make before I could ever like quit my job and do this. So like the idea of me making it on Twitch is different for a lot of people <laughs> and, uh, some quick math, um, with like what I normally get from like ads and everything else, I would need around like 1500 subs to quit my day job. And that's just my day job. That's not counting teaching. That's also not counting like health insurance, retirement, whatever. That's just like to replace my monthly income from my day job. So, right. um, since yeah, I, mean, I, I got, I got a 401k with a matching 5%. Like I'm not quitting my fucking job. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like, so it's like one of those, like I could get, you know, into Twitch and I could like really push hard for that 1500 sub mark or, and I'm just throwing this out here. Um, yeah. I could be happy with the 20 subs that I average, <laughs> uh, per month and just be happy because people show up and have fun with me. And that's what I do. I agree. I can't even imagine a channel where I had 1500 subs. Like, I could literally, like, gift all of my subs, because you can gift them on Twitch, and I could not imagine hitting 1,500 subs. That's a lot of subs, man. It looks like you have 7,428 followers, is that right? Uh, that sounds about right. How do I find out how many followers I have? If you go to your page, <laughs> um... My dashboard? Yeah, that's one way. Or I could, like, click on your name in chat and then just tell you. I have 568 followers. That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, but you streamed like four times or whatever. Like that's solid. Yeah, that's true. Oh, six times? You have six videos I, now, so it looks like six times. Nice. Yeah, five consecutive Mondays, except for the Monday I was in California, and then that one a few months ago. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Hey, uh, so you want to open it up to some questions? Sure. I mean, Fuckstick is already starting it off, and gods, I love that name. We have some great names in chat tonight. That's what you guys miss out when you uh, listen to the podcast later or you watch it on YouTube. You don't get to see the cool people in chat like Fuckstick and like Malibu Barbus. I know. That name's amazing. <laughs> oh, oh um, shit. So Fuckstick asked, uh, how many subs uh, was with you before you got partner and we stuck? Honestly, about the same. In fact, I actually think on, on my partner push... I think I was higher. I think I hit like 31 or 32 um, because I think people were tossing me their Twitch Prime ones to help with the partner push. Um, but then after the initial push, it settled down and I'm usually between 20 and 25 in any given moment. Um, but again, like I don't, 
I don't do a lot of the stuff that the more established streamers do to like push it because um, like I know it's my hobby. The only thing that I want more subs for period is the emote unlocks because I've got some pretty cool emotes in my opinion and I have some more ready to go uh, and those are done by like threshold so. How many more subs do you need for the next one? For the next one uh, I have to hit 50 at one point um to get the next three slots unlocked uh that i have i think i have to hit like 80 or 90 total right on um yeah yeah that's that's always been like one of the things that i've kind of been curious about like is like hyping your uh hyping your content out there right like i used to post on hearthpones forums in their other games forums I posted like twice on MTG Salvations forums for other games, and then there's the Legends subreddit, and then a few times I wandered into the fucking trash can of a just uh, like the forums? world's worst, the world's worst website, the Bethesda official forums. Uh, but like I, I feel like there has to be other communities out there. Oh, there's the Legends Facebook group too, which I I posted on a few times. Yeah. See, this tells you how much uh, I put my own effort into it. I, of all of the ones you've just listed. I've only yeah. ever posted on the Reddit, and I've stopped doing that except for uh, special occasions. Right on. You know, I, I average like let's see, let's go to the let's talk some uh, channel data here. So I am by the way I'm at nine hundred ninety four thousand views on my YouTube channel. So in the next few days we'll hit one million views. Dude, that's huge. Um, I think that's pretty exciting. But uh, so in the last twenty eight days, I've had three hundred new subscribers. Um, that's like 20% of my channel <laughs> but you know what Like, I've also lost over 3,000 subscribers and I'm only at 6,000 total <laughs> over the like year and a half that it's been open well I know but if you weren't like so anti-Nazi you'd keep all those subscribers yeah that's true a couple of those are white supremacists that I talk shit about <laughs> I, I can't help myself I, I, have, I have a beef with Nazis if, I, if you don't want to support my content because of it, like, that's okay. Totally okay with me if you get the fuck out. Uh, I've hit a new record for dislikes, 81 in the last two four weeks. Um, the average view du duration in the last 28 days is 11 minutes, 16 seconds. Uh, 781,000 minutes of watch time in the last 28 days. 69,351 views. Uh, X number of dollars, <laughs> uh, 286 comments, my viewership is 97% male. <laughs> what? Yeah, 37% of views come from the United States, 10% of my views come from Germany, 6% from the United Kingdom, 4.5 from Canada, and 2.7 from France are my top five countries. That's uh, That 10% of your views is just uh, jelly bean on, like, repeat. Yeah, absolutely. I have family in Germany. It could be them. <laughs> oh, yeah, it could be them. <laughs> Which, uh, shout out, I think, I, th I thought I saw her in chat. Uh, if you guys aren't aware, uh, Jelly, Jelly, I never pronounce it right, so I apologize. But uh, shout out to her because she won the uh, ESL tournament recently. Um, had a pretty successful night on ladder the other night as well. Um, oh, congratulations. She is a up-and-coming member of the community and has been performing well as of late, so... Nice. You want to be a guest on our show? 
I mean, <laughs> since since Maricon won't do it. I know he doesn't I... even respond to us when we ask him. <laughs> Dude, like, le- like legitimately, the last three times he's been in my chat, I've let him talk a couple of like uh, he'll he'll participate for a bit, and then I'll make a joke about how he never responds to the podcast stuff, and then he doesn't post again. I know. Like I feel like I feel like I, I should just that. stop. I noticed that. That's all right. Oh. One of these days, I'm gonna run into him downtown somewhere, and I'll be like, "Dude, what's up?" He's be like, oh, "Where, where am I?" <laughs> we, uh, we gotta, we gotta teach you how to broadcast live from uh, Twitch Mobile. I've done one test run, but we gotta teach you to do it so you can go downtown and then be like, "Hey, you're on the podcast." <laughs> That's a good idea. We need, we would have to be a middle of the day one, but I mean, yeah, like I, I could walk into their offices. <laughs> yeah, that would be. That would be comical. I'm about to receive a cease and desist email. Right. Your restraining order. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did one test broadcast because I was like, you know, maybe I'll do like some uh, IRL streams, but sure. then I remembered that nobody actually cares. I'm sorry, man. That's all right. <laughs> it's so funny because like, um cvh i think the other day was saying that people love like pets and kids and those are like great to have around if you're on twitch and it's so funny because like i go out of my way to stream late at night so that my pets and kids don't bother like people i guess i don't know like i can't imagine doing a like a legend stream anyway with my kids around i have thought about playing like a kids game once with like stark he's getting at that age now where i actually think that might be a yeah. pretty fun time but yeah that'd be cool i'm working on teaching my cat how to play legends that would be kind of fun i remember yum yum uh sander had an art an art gallery showing actually in the building next door to direwolf digital's office once (laughs) and i i I posted on twitter like you guys should stop by and nobody came (laughs) yeah i will say for a bit what i wanted to do i wanted to film like in my chair um like one of those pop-up uh charcoal grills yeah right and i wanted to film it like enough of it so that i could get it in a decent loop where people couldn't like relatively tell that i was just looping video and then i was gonna stream uh and put my title as single hot grill you know (laughs) playing legends yeah um and it was just gonna be the grill like just gameplay and then a grill on video loop i still might do that i just gotta find a grill Fuckstick asks, uh, uh, I know you think that this new season's reward would be best in control, Assassin Dex. Can you elaborate a bit more on other uses of the card? You put a throne aligned on it. You really think that is the best? It's not the best. It's what I'm going to do with it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, I mean, you don't get the drain benefit there. I mean, not at first, but it'll be a four. What a a three five with guard. I like it. Yeah, maybe. So, like, if I'm looking for other uses, like the other use obviously is like last gasp decks. I don't think it works best there necessarily, but it certainly is fine there. Um, yeah, it's a good, it's a good thing to help you continue to set up your last gasp combo cards um, by stalling and controlling the board. It's a great dark rebirth target. Um, it's one of those things that, you know, uh, it's not as good as House Kinsman in doing damage to the face. 
And that's right. all, I think that's ultimately why I don't think it belongs in Last Gasp. Um, like, Last Gasp Assassin archetype is usually more mid-rangey. Um, and then you try to get off, like, a really good combo to, like, be the nail in the coffin. And I just think that, like, I think that Kinsman is better in that deck. And I don't think you would run both. I agree. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't always run Kinsman in my Last Gasp Assassin decks, though. Well... I mean, it depends on the version, right? Like, if you're running the Ultra version that's more controlling, then I don't think you run Kinsman. But, the, like, the mid-rangey one is definitely yeah. Kinsman is better. Yeah, I agree. I think it's great in Ultra. The new card, Black Hand Messenger. Great. I mean, if it, especially if, like, you can set up your chain so it's your only 3-drop, amazing, right? Like, you can plan out a removal spell. It's the sort of thing that Ultra decks dream of. Um, the other kind of like interesting things that you could do with it, um, if you're looking for like super flashy plays, and I know that Justin loves trying to find an excuse to play this card. Uh, if yes. You, if you play the card that reduces the cost of cards uh, that you draw by one, and you you draw our buddy. Yeah. Uh, he is a fantastic Wisp Mother target. Good call. Good call. Blackhand Messenger uh, with Wisp Mother is a lot of uh, burst healing and board control. Yeah. Uh, Malibu Barbus does also point out uh, Brynjolf seems fun. Uh, if you have Brynjolf on the board, the summon effect will trigger. So yeah. that's another yeah. another thing that's to a consider. Good, that's a good point. And Yum Yum, why don't I run Kinsman? Um, to be totally honest with you, like... When I'm playing those kinds of decks, I'm less concerned about beating my opponent down and more concerned with like winning when they concede. Because uh, I just want to trigger as many funny last gasps as possible. I mean, like the last gasp deck that wins the most games doesn't look a whole lot like the one I posted videos of recently. <laughs> Renolf is an underplayed card. It's a good card. Yeah, other other fun things that you could do with the card are, and you know, all the other normal sacrifice tricks, right? Like Desperate Conjuring, you can play yeah. it for removal and then jump it up to a five drop. Yeah, potentially. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily the best use, but I think that anytime you can get a like, I I feel like Desperate Conjuring anything anything that costs less than less than four is kind of a waste. I think I, six, I, you start seeing some serious power, and at seven and eight and nine, you get the big stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, for me, I think that it's, like, five cost is the sweet spot. Anything five or higher. Because if you, once you get to, like, seven Magicka, the number of cards are small enough that you can get kind of predictive in what to expect. Yes. And so I think that's part of the appeal. Yeah. But. I agree. But yeah, I think that, again, if you can reduce the cost somehow, uh, maybe like post-journey of discovery is also cheeky. Um, it's just a really funny card with Wisp Mother. But mm -hmm. that's going to be hard to pull off consistently. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I just I really feel like control and items. So the reason I really like it in items, if you guys are, are kind of like wondering where my head's at on that, there's two different ways you can play item assassin. One is the more mid-rangey beats, and then one is like a combo deck. And I really mm -hmm. like playing it in the combo deck version, where you're trying to get the uh, the guy that makes your items get plus one, plus one in your deck, like, every turn. Um, yeah. The longer he sits on the table, 
the the more likely to pull off like a big OTK is possible. And in decks like that, you're trying to stall. And so this yeah. card is great at stalling. Um, you play that guy on like turn three to pull off an early threat, gain some health. Um, if they don't respond to the body, you can then throw like Mace of Encumbrance on it, get more drain, also shackle a target. Like the stall value with that card uh, is pretty high. And mm-hmm. it just lets you buy time until you either find your big items, find your creatures with charge, um, whatever it is. So, Yeah. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm uninstalling Hand of the Gods. <laughs> That's I realize, I realize it's taking up space on my computer. <laughs> you, you could smell the hot garbage and you're like, what's that smell? I gotta... Well, yeah. I don't have time for this. I'm not ashamed to admit I still log in every day to get the daily reward because in my in the back of my head I'm like maybe someday it won't suck, and I'll at least wow. have got daily rewards for it. Wow, it's dedication, man. I know. I did that with, I did that with Hearthstone for like the first couple months of when I was in closed beta, before I finally realized like I was never gonna play that game again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so the only reason I hold out hope is because this game is still early enough that they could theoretically turn it around. But also, I just really like the IP. I think that's why I hate that game so much. Because they, yeah, yeah. they took something that I love so much in, like, Greek myth and Roman myth and, you know, yeah. Norse and all like all of that, and then they ruined it, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think there's room for some interesting stuff with the mythology stuff, but... Uh, Fuckstick, are we ever going to have Schwitty on? I think he'd be a great guest. I, I really like Schwitty, actually. Um, I'd love to have him on at some point. Yeah, I mean, listen. If you guys are like wondering why we don't have more guests on, it's because every guest that's approached us has already been. <laughs> right. Yeah, so we've had we've had Pete Hines, we had Frank Lepore, and we had Ray Ray Barker. That's it, right? Uh, yes, because uh, CVH had the conflict. Right. We'll have more. I mean, like, we've talked about a couple people in the past. Like, we've talked about uh, having Beaky on. And actually, we talked to him a couple months ago, and he said he'd, he'd love to do it at some point. We just haven't actually made that happen. Yeah. I, th- I think we're going to have Ray Ray Barker back sometime. Um, but, yeah, yeah uh, Beaky, I think um, Ian Bits, uh, I think, could be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I love Schwitty. Uh, I think Nigel would be a cool guest at some point. Um, maybe that's like a all-costume day where we all three dress up or something. Who knows? I, I like that. I like that. I definitely want to have Ray Ray back. I think he's he's going through some shit right now, but I, I, I think he, mentioned, he kind of messaged us uh, recently and said that he has some ideas for future shows, so that'll, that'll probably happen. The truth is, too, is that like, for the most part, the planning for this show happens about 10 minutes before every episode starts. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been lately because of the holidays. We'll get back into our groove. Like, yeah, that's true. I've, I've been nice and just not been peppering Justin because I know he's busy, but I have like a laundry list of commercials I want to shoot. Yeah, and actually, I don't work again until Tuesday, so I have a little bit of time. My niece is in town, but Sanders really good with her, and I got... <laughs> so I can make time. I mean, there's no reason we can't put your niece in the videos. I'm totally going to have my son in one at some point. Uh, I feel like... I feel like I don't want to do that. I, I would just be honest with you. Your, your family would not be uh, 
excited about that. Well, look, hold on. Here's hold on. Let me make sure she's not awake. <laughs> All right. Here's here's the thing. <laughs> My brother's a deadbeat dad and has no custody and doesn't ever see her. The fact that she gets to come on and stay with us sometimes is testimony to the fact that we're responsible adults and have our shit together. I don't want to push my luck because, like, I have no legal right to see her. You know what I mean? Like, she yeah. just lets her hang out with us because, like, we're the only family that talks to her. So, I just don't want to fuck it up. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna put uh, my son. Like, I, I plan on streaming with him at some point, and I'm going to put him in more videos. I've put a couple up on like YouTube just as like, hey, here was a family outing in case anybody cared, but. Um, yeah. I want, he's at the age now where he's saying really funny stuff and he doesn't even understand it. And I need yeah. as many embarrassing videos as possible now. So oh, that when yeah. he gets older, I have blackmail when he's like, cause like, look, kids eventually hit an age where they don't care about being grounded, but like, right. you can only embarrass them like so many times. So like, I need that as a tactic. I need as many embarrassing options as possible. So when they start saying something, I'll be like, Hey, look, I'll, I'll post this on your Twitter. Right? Like, absolutely. I like that idea. I'm going to, I'm going to, since you guys have been such a good crowd today, I'm going to, I'm going to share something embarrassing with all of you, the ultimate blackmail. This is publicly available, but this right here that I'm going to link to is my prison record. <laughs> oh man, they actually have that so you can pull it up, huh? Oh yeah. It's been a long time, man. <laughs> oh man, your middle name is Lee? That's the most embarrassing part. I know, right? I, I was set up for white trash from the start. <laughs> Wait, and I'm older than you? I didn't know yeah. I was older than you. Oh, gods. Oh, yeah. I feel the existential crisis coming on now. No, 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 no. Yeah, totally. No, that, I knew you were older. I'm that much closer to the grave, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, your middle name is Lee, huh? It is, yeah. It's a family name. It's a family name? Yeah, absolutely. It's my what? uncle's name, my granddad's name. Like Robert Lee? Like Robert E. Lee, is that a part of your family? No, we are is not. This in this why you is this why you have so many viewers that are upset with you? <laughs> we were not in this country at that time. Are you, are you going against your kin? How dare you? Hey, I'm hey. just saying that prison record looks like you got a bit of rebel in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Insubordination, disrespect. I, I I told an officer to go fuck himself. How did I try to escape? I didn't try. I succeeded. I was on, <laughs> I was on the lam for. Uh, for about 24 hours on May 7th, 2012, and then I turned myself in, and that's the day I got clean and sober, actually. And uh, that's a story for another day because I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it but so, so she, I went through some crazy shit in those 24 hours, and it changed my life. Uh, it does sound comical, Ozzy. I think we've talked about that on the podcast in the past, but like criminal justice terms in general uh, a lot of times sound really weird because... Like, aggravated is just a weird term. Yeah. How did I actually escape? Uh, I mean, like, the, it boils down to me just, like, walking out. Uh, I just, I saw my opportunity and I went for it. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, in my experience, uh, most people who have uh, <laughs> escaped 
literally didn't do anything amazing. It was just like they yeah. just walked off. I'd been there for a long time, and I figured out how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, also, uh, it's aggravated because it was in the commission of other crimes. Because uh, <laughs> I was uh, uh, doing drugs and stuff at the same time. Yep. There you go. Oh. So... FTP free to play. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I was in my head. I was, I was trying. I was like, that. Why does that say sound uh, free to play to me? Yeah, you know what kind of drugs? Uh, I was a heroin addict for about fifteen years. Yeah, so Mortal King. There is no cool Shawshank Redemption uh, tunneling. In fact, in my experience, it's more often like, "Hey, I'm yeah. on work release, and they're not looking at me right now." Like, yeah, that's what a lot of guys get escape truck <laughs> for you. Um. Yeah. No, it's it's literally one of those things where if you if you just pay attention for long enough and you're smarter than the average inmate, which uh, isn't terribly hard to do, uh, you can escape. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, they'll catch you every time. They'll catch you. Let's let let's not. Uh, nobody's escaping oh, yeah. to like Colombia or something here. Like you get out, but then they catch you. Yeah, I had no plan. I just wanted to get high. Yeah, they 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 know like that's why that's why the people that are on the lamb are usually caught like within forty eight hours too because like they know exactly where you went because most people are getting out for one of two reasons and right so you know they they roll up you know they flash their lights and they say nice yeah. try care to go again no I just uh, I saved myself all that hassle by just turning myself in. Good times, uh, and and it worked out because my sentence was dramatically reduced because of that. <laughs> I was originally sentenced to nine years, and uh, successfully completing their treat their drug treatment program and turning myself in uh, reduced my sentence by a lot. Yeah, yeah. I I unfortunately uh, I got life, <laughs> but that's what happens when you get married. Oh shit! I'm getting married in five months, man. I know. It's so exciting. It is exciting. I'm happy. It's going to be right by my birthday. Yeah. That's what I'm giving you for your birthday. It's my wedding. Do we have an elusive memer card uh, for Justin? Oh, you, you're from KCMO? Right on, man. I, I, uh, I used to live off, like, Prospect and... Ward Parkway, not Ward Parkway. What's the highway that runs through there? Prospect runs into a highway. I don't know. Shit town, basically. Uh, no, sibling, I didn't check. So 70, here's, yeah, 71. Here's the thing. like, I don't have to check when I say things like that because I don't say anything that I wouldn't say to my wife's face. Like, That's, that's the rule. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I got out in, tw- in November, or in, I'm sorry, in August of 2014, and uh, started college the next week. Um, started working, and uh, got released from parole after I started the YouTube channel <laughs> in 2016. 
I think, yeah. Yeah, August of 2016, I got off parole. So, I have some questions for Justin on yeah. this fun and interactive podcast. When are we going to hear about those uh, awesome tats on the guns, bro? Oh, I got a bunch of tattoos, man. <laughs> uh, so right here I have the uh, a crescent moon. Here I have an infinity symbol. On my forearm, I have a... Uh, Looks like a lotus flower. Yeah, I have a lotus and an unalom, which is a representative of the Buddhist path of enlightenment. And then I have a hydrogen atom on my chest. I have some more on my stomach. And then I have a, I have a tattoo on my back. You I can't take my shirt off the on stream, can I? Uh, yeah, I don't think you're supposed to. Okay, I have a huge cat on my back, actually. <laughs> you have a Khajiit on the back. I do. I do. <laughs> wow. Why yep. the Why the hydrogen atom? Um, that's a good question. So, the practical answer is that uh, I was I, I hustled poker when I was in prison, and um, there was this guy who was a degenerate gambler and but a great tattoo artist, and he never had any money, but he always owed me money. So I had him pay me with uh with, by trade. So he did me a bunch of tattoos. And the uh, hydrogen atom was one where like he's like, yeah, I can do anything, man. I can do anything. And he's like, just don't make me do like a perfect circle. And I was like, I bet it would be funny if I asked him to do a perfect circle. <laughs> so I, th I was trying to figure out like why I would need a perfect circle tattooed on me. And um, I uh, was thinking about uh, unity and oneness and uh, this idea that we're all very simple. You know, we're all built from the same stuff, that we're all part of the same stardust type of thing. And I thought a hydrogen atom conveyed that message. And so I asked him to give me that. So not helium, like helium's a noble gas. It's got balance, right? No, I didn't put I, that much thought into it. I just, I just thought that maybe the hydrogen was because, like, you know, you're a bomb waiting to go off. You're no, 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 no. I'm, I'm very peaceful now. Oh well. <laughs> this one is embarrassed. Where are we from? I'm originally from South Dakota. I grew up in Kansas City, and now I live in Denver. I'm originally from Michigan, and now I'm in Michigan, and I will die in Michigan. Yeah. Meh. Not because I want to, mind you. It's just the nature of things. Yeah, I, uh... I keep wanting to get tattoos, and then I remember that, like, I don't have the money for it. I like the Crescent Moon one, though. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's good times. I like those. Uh, I like those ones that do like the full lunar cycle. Yeah, I've thought about stuff like that. I mean, I have some ideas for more, but uh, again, I mean, like, look, I, I live in a nice house, but I want to move, and uh, the property value, like, <laughs> for a variety of complex loan-related reasons, like, and the incredibly skyrocketing price of housing here, like, I have to save almost all of my money to have a like to consider buying a new house somewhere else in Denver. So I don't spend much money anymore. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat, right? Like literally the last time I came into any disposable income, I was like, man, maybe I can finally get a tattoo. Like what I've really wanted for a long time, like even before, um, even before the TV show, I've always been a big game of Thrones fan. Shocker. I know. Um, but what I always wanted was a, uh, a weirwood tree, like as a, as a big yeah. back tattoo. Um, like I've, I've even got like sample art picked out and I've been carrying it around with me for like a decade or something silly like that. 
Um, but like the last time I came out, uh, came into some money, I was like, man, I could finally get that tattoo or I could pay for my kid's preschool. So, right. Exactly. You know, it's one of those, like, I just keep doing that. And, uh, and I don't make enough from the hobby. Like I, I've, I sometimes have shower thoughts, like maybe I'll get a tattoo and like, we'll film it and put it on YouTube or something. And then yeah, like that'll give people an incentive to like donate a tattoo to me. But then I'm like, well, why am I getting people to donate a tattoo to me? Then that feels really selfish. And then I don't do those things, but I do have those thoughts. You know, speaking of other content on YouTube, Sander was recently hired by the agency I work at to create and run their YouTube channel, blog, and Twitter accounts, none of which exist at this point. And uh, she got that job on the basis of the work she did on my YouTube channel. Nice. Yeah. So it is paying off, ultimately. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. I oh, I also ha have a bunch of piercings for those who are curious, but I don't wear anything anymore. <laughs> so, so you just have like five holes in your penis? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the only way to answer that question. Absolutely. It's the Absolutely. only way. I might be able to find a funny picture of me back when I was using. Dude, I got some funny pictures of me when I wasn't using, but if you saw it, you'd be like, this man was using <laughs> <laughs> see if i can find young dumb justin hmm since like we've totally gone off the rails today hey i mean this is our last show before the the new year so we had to know this was gonna happen right that's true um okay all right i got a couple okay i'm gonna have to tweet these out so I'll link them in chat then. Uh, yeah, there's some good examples of what life is like. <laughs> I think I've at least tweeted like a couple of embarrassing ones, but I don't even know. Like, I don't even know how far back I would have to go to find them. Like, it's been a bit. Yeah, these are all about 10 years older, so. Okay. Well, I think my biggest problem is I can't even, like, scroll through the media I post to Twitter because I have a lot of GIFs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't help myself. So one of these photos is uh, a couple years after the other one. You can tell which one's which. But I like the one where we're drinking because it... Uh, it, it shows you the difference between a problem drinker and a couple of average dudes. <laughs> yeah, you can ask me personal questions. I'll answer almost anything. Almost anything. Almost anything, yeah. The first, the one in the mirror is when I was junked out of shit. And the other one's just me at a bar. <laughs> I like old photos of Charmer because they don't look like Charmer now. No, they they really don't. Yeah. I don't even know which one you are in that one on the right. Yeah, I'm the guy on the right, man. <laughs> and Kazoo Croc, I'll pass that along. Like, Sandra works really hard at this. She's pretty amazing at it. 
yeah, I mean, I got I got some old photos of me that definitely don't look like me, that's for sure. But then, I'll, I'll admit it, like, I didn't get into the trouble that Justin did, but, like, I was a pretty delinquent kid, you know, like, in my teens. I think, like, literally the only reason I don't think that I ended up in, or didn't end up in more trouble than what I did was because my brother got in a lot of trouble. And so he kind of like gave me the heads up on what not to do to get caught. And so like I just did, like I rode the line. Like yeah. there were several times where people that like I was with got arrested. <laughs> but yeah. I didn't, you know, because I just kind of knew. Um, so yeah. It, it could have been way, way worse. I hear you. I have a younger brother who I think escaped prison for the same reason. Yeah. Yeah. Fuckstick writes, I want, I just wanted to know your opinion about the fact that with the opioid epidemic being a big thing right now, everyone's talking treatment and harm reduction while during the crack epidemic. It was like those, okay, yeah, I'm torn because I don't want anyone to suffer, but I'm kind of like, why is now the discussion you made, not before? Uh, well, because a lot of the attention, I mean, like you nailed it, right? Like the crack epidemic was kind of sold to us as a problem in the inner city urban black community and the opioid epidemic is being sold to us as like bill down the street, you know, in the, uh, in both in rural white America and in the suburbs. Um, it's, uh, it's institutional racism, even if it's not like intentionally racist, it's, uh, I mean, there is there's some like silver lining to this, though. I mean, like we are as a country having a more thoughtful discussion about drugs in general these days as we legalize things like marijuana. But for the most part, like it's the communities that we are understanding as being affected most by it. It's not even necessarily true that that's the case. Like um, all the white people I knew who did heroin also smoked crack. Like I'll just keep you keep it 100 with you. Like I smoked crack. But like it, it's more like the perception is therefore the attention's being paid to it. Plus, we're, we're all using the language of mental health a little bit more, uh, a little bit more intelligently than we were in the '80s. Yeah, I was, I was just going to say, I do think that it's certainly all the things you said. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm right there with you, right? Like my brother was a heroin user, uh, but he was also on crack. Uh, yeah. But like, if you were to say to me, like imagine your stereotypical like crack addict i would have never described my brother right because right. of the image that's painted but i will right. also say that i think you hit the other nail on the head even though it it was uh, at the tail end of yours and i think it was just um you know the height when you're talking like 80s and early 90s um there was just as equally at the time uh, as much a cocaine problem right yeah yeah. That wasn't considered an epidemic either. I think that back then, like even even when we were like starting the quote unquote war on drugs, like right. nobody really wanted to like win the war on drugs. Like drugs were just kind of like that acceptable thing, and yeah. nobody would have said the words epidemic back then. Realistically, right. like it was yeah, just... absolutely. I mean, functionally, like there's no difference. Like I mean, I used to rock up coke. Like it, it, it's all the same, you know. I mean, for that matter, like, look, here's my opinion on drugs in general and their legalization. I think that most drugs should be legal. I think people should be educated enough to not use them. <laughs> uh, and, and the unfortunate truth is that, like, you grow up in a certain kind of situation and you find yourself thinking, like, that there is no hope for me, right, beyond, like, the possibility of making money selling drugs. 
And it's not true, of course, but like it's easy to feel that way when the people you're surrounded by growing up are addicted to drugs, you know. And the, and the people who have the nice shoes, you know, the guys wearing the Jordans are the guys who are pushing crack on the street. So it, it's pretty straightforward how this happens, you know, these disenfranchised communities uh, coming from, you know, not the best school systems and stuff like that. Uh, see this as a way to make money, as a way to change their lives. And the bottom line is that a lot of people who use drugs get addicted. Not everybody, but, but a lot of people. Yeah. And, and look, you're, you're not wrong, fuckstick. Like, you're totally right about like how it's not fair the way that the two situations have been handled. Uh, there are problems that we still need to work on as a country, you know, in terms of like who we look at as uh, as being deserving of America's concern and sympathy and prayers and blah, 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 and who we don't. But like, I don't want to take away from the fact that like we are finally having a pretty serious discussion about drug addiction in this country. I mean, not as serious as we could be with a different administration, perhaps, but a more serious discussion than we would have had 35 years ago. So I found it. I went far enough back. Here, here's a uh, here's a link to, <laughs> to here's here's a link to uh, a photo. First, I've posted one that's just old charmer. Now I'm gonna post one that you look at it and you probably think this is a guy that might have been using. <laughs> that's true, man. Um, you look I, good, dude. I I wasn't I wasn't in that second one using, mind you. But I also <laughs> my name is not Mike Patterson. Uh, despite that's what my name tag says. Very nice. The the fun story about that was uh, that's actually me at a magic event, right? Uh, and I went with my playtest group, but one of my buddies, uh, Mike Patterson, could not make it. So everybody, there were about ten of us. Everybody in our playtest group wore name tags that said, "Hello, my name is Mike Patterson." Nice. And uh, whenever somebody would ask us like what's up with the name tags because clearly there were a bunch of us wearing them so they everybody knew that we weren't mike patterson um we all had a different story to tell so like mine was that my buddy mike patterson was diagnosed with cancer and we're playing in this tournament for him and then like i had another one that was like uh you know he he's been locked up and blah 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 and i had another one that was like he's like overseas like we all had a different story that we would tell um, but we all wore name tags that said, hello, my name is Mike Patterson. Absolutely. His name was Ronald John... Or, whoa, what's Robert the... Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. His name was Robert Paulson. Uh, I don't know if he ended Yum Yum. Um, I think that whoever he hosted uh, ended because he hosted somebody else and then I'm on his auto host list. Cool. Bob has bitched it. <laughs> Meatloaf. Hell yeah. Well, good times, man. Good times. Yeah, as always. Yeah. We talked about Legends a whole lot tonight. <laughs> talked about Legends so much. Well, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a gauntlet, right? Yeah. And, uh... Yeah. Yep. Here's the thing. So, uh, Chess talking about Fight Club. Um, Fight Club is probably in my top five for films because it's one of the only 
uh, times that I can say resoundingly and convincingly that the film was significantly better than the book. I like his books, man. I I'm read not, a whole bunch of them. I'm not saying that I dislike his books, but I, I firmly and 100% believe that the film is a better piece of artistic work, and that is so rare. Like, the film just, I think, does so much more for it, and that... I think That's that, fair. I think that speaks a lot to uh, the the work that was done on it, you know? Yeah. Hazy, I'm playing Gauntlet and got crushed by Clockwork Dragons. Nice. I thought it was monocolors. I mean, yeah, but you can still use neutral and have it be a monocolor deck, Hazy. I'm playing uh, Mono Agility Control, but I'm running, like, Journey to Savagard. I felt so bad. One of the four games I played, I won because I played Journey to Savagard when I only had six creatures in my grave. And then proceeded to draw uh, Astrid and Cliff Racer as my next two draws that I had shuffled back in with Journey. <laughs> Zero cost, nine ch nine power charging Cliff Racer is pretty good. Good times. Uh, Malibu Barbus wants to know if you have any New Year's traditions. Um. No. What about you? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm an adult parent now, so I wait yeah. for the kids to go to bed. Um, I usually hang out with my wife when the ball drops, and then other than that, I uh, I either veg out or stream. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we're babysitting my niece, so we will watch the ball drop in New York, tell her it's midnight, and put her to bed. <laughs> nice. I forget that you get to do that with those time zones. That's right. Yeah, it's going to be 10 here, so... Zombie Hunter Nine by Nineteen says, enthralled with the discussion at hand, and I'm like, why is Bethesda messaging me? <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Good old Bethesda. Well, I think this was good. I think we should probably wrap it up. Absolutely. This was a good time. And, and look, if you guys don't follow us on Twitter, you should follow us on Twitter and harass us about things you want us to talk about. Like, whether it's the game or whether it's life in general, like, we'll talk about anything here. So Yeah, I have no problem with this becoming a Dear Abby podcast. Like, if you want to know yeah. what you should do because your boyfriend won't text you back, like, I will answer right. that question. When I was writing the... Uh, ask justin column on the between the lanes website like i was actually encouraging people to ask me about things other than legends yeah <laughs> in fact i got to the point where like when somebody would ask me a question about legends i would like answer in haiku and shit <laughs> i don't know if you guys ever read that but oh my god like she's gonna kill me for sharing this but i can't help it yeah. My wife was showing me stuff that had been posted like on her Facebook or whatever. Um, and she showed me yeah. this picture and I started laughing and it said it was a, uh, the inside of a new car model and it was called the Haikubaru and it had five seats and then seven <laughs> seats and then five seats. And I started laughing. Like, I think that's hilarious. She's yeah. like, she's like looking at me like I've lost my mind and she goes, I don't get it. And I was like, it's a Haikubaru. It's five, seven, five. She's like, huh? I was like, you know, like a haiku five seven five syllables you know like the poem like right and then when she finally got it she just like rolled her eyes and i'm like i, I can't help it i'm a dad it's a dad joke dude you know what i just thought about do you remember that secret thing that we saw a few months back and then we were told we weren't going to talk about yeah what the fuck happened to that 
What do you mean? Is it in something? Did I miss miss it? Yeah, because you skipped all of the cutscenes and stuff to play your Clockwork City. It's in oh. Clockwork. Hey, is it really? I yes. just don't remember that. Okay. It's, it's one of the uh, one of the things. I mean, I, huh. I feel like we could talk about it now. Yeah, right? probably. I, I I just I just realized all of a sudden I was like, what the fuck happened to that? So cut? there's some artwork. So Justin and I got something ahead of time, and we were told it was a card we were going to reveal. And then we were like, oh my god, this is broken and we have so many questions. And because we sent questions back to the developers, they got they came back to us and they were like, whoops, wrong thing to share with you. Here's what you're actually supposed to reveal. Pretend like you never saw that. Yeah. So, so we got... We, we, we hid the art. The yeah, Easter egg. Yeah, so we got permission to hide the art as an Easter egg. So in fact, if you go to... I think it's even on our YouTube for um, Banish right yeah the banish commercial yeah let me let me find it real quick well i was gonna see if i can pull it up it'll like temporarily uh cover your face but that's all right man it's, it's not a great face <laughs> it is a beautiful face oh thanks buddy but uh yeah we hid the art because we were told like all right well like what if we just do this and then we can easter egg it uh for later yeah here we go banish a little disappointed no one's ever said anything about this to us <laughs> well to be fair it like it came up and then yeah and then i forgot about it <laughs> um actually no did we put it in the banish one i feel like we did hold on let no, me see that just goes right in i think it might have been in our in our other one orc life upgrade yeah orc life upgrade that's what it was do you want me to share the link with you um oh i got it here we go but of course, I've got to do uh, the wait five seconds to skip. All right, here we go. Yeah, I just got a Twitch drop. All right, so so if I make this full screen, you're gonna see it in place of Justin. So this this art right here, right? This art we got ahead of time along with a card to show, and then we we were like, oh my god, that seems so broken. Um. And then we asked a bunch of questions, and they were like, oh, whoops. Like, I, like I was almost reassured when they said, hey, that wasn't, like, for you. Um, because the the, uh, the card is, uh, if you remember in the Clockwork City, like, encounter or whatever, um, there's the one where you're playing through and all shouts are level three. Like, you're playing against the uh, AI and all shouts are level three. And it, they are all level three because of a support that starts on the board that costs zero. And that's what that art is from. So they sent us like the actual card and then that from the like story mode thing. And so, right. so we like, we got it. So like literally the card is a zero cost unique legend that just says all shouts are level three. Now, Thum Mastery. Yeah, Thum Mastery. And so, like, Justin and I were going nuts back and forth, like, oh my god, this is broken. Like, yeah, you yeah. can fetch this with Goblin Skulk, and then every Drained Vitality is level 3. Like, we were going right. off, and we had so many questions. Like, does it count for us, or us and the opponent? And then they, they were like, nope, sorry, that was a mistake, here's Memory Wraith. So, right. um, so then we had to not talk about that for a fucking month. <laughs> yeah, we had, to, we had to not talk about that for a long time. Yeah. Um, but we, we we put in the art as a teaser, and you're right, Justin. Nobody came back. 
Right. And that, that was the whole reason we made the Orc Life upgrade. Because, like, and even in the video, there's that line that says uh, something about, like, being level three. You know, like, clearing a whole, giving a whole board yeah. minus two, minus two. Because the whole video was made because it was supposed to hype that card. Yeah, the entire Orc Life upgrade was because we thought, like, we right. shot and filmed that under the um, uh, assumption we were revealing that card. Right. And then when we ended up doing the Banish thing, like, that was, like, last minute because they're like, here's the card. Can you debut this tomorrow? This is the real card. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, yes, we can, but... Yeah. I mean, we got two funny videos out of the thing, so, like, it worked out, but... Yeah, that's how that happened. And then the other preview card, we got the treasure map card. We weren't even supposed to get until earlier that day, right? Like we no, just kept. I don't think we were supposed to get that at all. Well, we just kept bugging AJ. Yeah, we kept bugging AJ, um, but he he had told us several <laughs> times there wasn't like room for one. But then what happened was, uh, <laughs> it was supposed to be the card that Pete Hines revealed on the podcast, uh, yeah. or on the Bethesda stream. I mean. Right, right. And then he came uh, to our, or not to our, uh, he wasn't coming to our podcast yet, I don't think, or was that on ours? I don't even remember now, but I just remembered Pete was supposed to reveal it, and then he revealed uh, the Titan instead. And right, so, right. So then AJ was like, well, we have a card that freed up because <laughs> Pete, <laughs> yeah. Pete's doing Pete things. I guess that's the benefit of being Pete. Um, yeah. And so they gave it to us. Yeah good times oh there's yeah. a lot of shit like that that happens behind the scenes yeah behind the scenes there's an awful <laughs> lot of times where i've like done a bunch of work for something and then they were like yeah uh can can you do something else or like they say hey sometime in the near future you might do this thing and then they're like oh by the way it's going live in two hours yeah the email explanations for instance for how to log into the uh the beta accounts from the test servers are always hilariously like there's always like follow-up emails clarifying things yeah that's okay like they're they're juggling a lot of things too oh yeah i'm i have no complaints like it's it's really fun to be part of this process but a lot of a lot of stuff goes into making the uh, sausage or something <laughs> yeah i can't imagine if thum mastery was an actual card man like... yeah we were bre brewing with it i think we were talking about monk right because uh, both of the shouts would just be nuts at level three all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Like with the ring, there's not a better start. Like you, you start yeah. with skulk, then yeah. you you hit with skulk. You play the card for zero, and then you ring into a board full of three threes. Like, right, man. Yeah. It was good times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that was a little uh, behind the scenes yeah. story. Yeah, end of the year behind the scenes story. Yeah, and so, yeah, I hope everybody has a great New Year's Eve. Please be responsible. Um, you know, be safe. Yeah, make good choices. Yeah. Thune Mastery make Fire Breath playable all the time. I wouldn't go that far. Here's 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 <laughs> actually the wrong, the wrong part of that, Immortal. It actually doesn't make Fire Breath playable. Even at three cost deal 10 damage, Fire Breath is not playable. And the reasoning behind that is... That's still never correct to play Fire Breath in a world where you can play any of the other shouts at level 3 at all times. Like, yeah. even the red one, if you guarantee it's always level 3, becomes better than Fire Breath. You literally have no incentive to ever play Fire Breath if uh, you're guaranteeing level 3 shouts. Maybe some kind of Ancano OTK. 
<laughs> against a tokens deck. <laughs> yeah, but like if you made it that far, you've already won, you know? That's true. I mean, yeah, I, I've run Fire Breath in... Uh, what did I run it in? I ran it in a Heroes of Skyrim deck for that gauntlet. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could Fire Breath plus in Kano, but like again, in a world where you have access to level 3 shouts all the time. Like, why would I ever pick Fire Breath when I can have four three threes or Drain Vitality or, again, like, the Red Shout, when you don't have to worry about the horrible drawback of level 1 and level 2, turns yeah. out is pretty good. Absolutely. Look, I don't want to live in a world where people aren't playing the Red Shout because it's so goddamn annoying. I don't know why. I feel so much more irritated when people bounce my guards than when they destroy my guards. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that, but that's also why deep down I really want them to print uh, the removal card that I want to see, because it was the one that annoyed me the most in Magic ever, in the history of ever. Manowar? No, <laughs> any card that puts something on top of my deck. Oh, yeah. There's That'd nothing more infuriating than losing a, a card. So, like, Memory Lapse used to be one of my favorite counterspells. It's I so, think Memory Lapse might be better than Counterspell. It, it's so dickish, but, like... Yeah. I I I just rage when not, not only did I lose something that I played, but now I know what I'm about to draw, and it's not something that helps me. You know what I mean? Like, that's the most helpless feeling. Like, not only yeah. am I in a losing position, but I can't even say, like, okay, here's my outs. This is what I could top deck. I know yeah. what I'm about to top deck, because the asshole just put it there. Yeah. I'd play a card that said, put target creature you control and target creature you don't control on top of their owner's libraries. That'd be fun. I would there's so that. much, there's so much shit you can do in Legends with putting stuff on top of libraries that like we just haven't explored yet. Yeah. All right. Good show. Good, good show. Thank you all for joining us. Are you gonna stream now? Uh, yeah. I will probably take like a short break and then at least finish one of my mono runs on stream for sure. I want to showcase my mono agility control. Sweet. Have a good one. Everybody, like I said, have a please have a safe New Year's Eve and I will see you all in the new year. Goodbye everybody. Bye-bye.